Welcome to the Man Overseas Podcast. I'm recording today from FinCon in Washington, D.C. FinCon is where money and media meet, and I have met people here who are doing big things in the space, in the money and media space, and I've asked two of them to join me today. My guests are Alex Nerney and Noah Riggs. Alex teaches people how to build a blogging business and escape the ordinary. He's the founder of Create and Go, and Noah handles marketing and outreach for Create and Go. And another one of his big clients is Dollar Sprout. His blog is Busy Living Better. I like that. What has been you guys' favorite part of the podcast so far? I'm, I'm sorry, the um, the FinCon show so far. The podcast, you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you took a few selfies before we got started. Yeah, yeah. I was saving those for later tonight. I think the best part has just been meeting people. You know, with the internet marketing space, you meet a lot of people online. You never really get to connect with them. But then you come and meet them in person, and it, I don't know, it's such a deeper and richer relationship. Indeed. I see so many people here that I recognize from online and like Chad Carson, for example, he stands out above the crowd. I had no idea he was so tall. So people like him. You guys have a working relationship together, right? Yeah, actually, um, I work for Create and Go. And it's funny, this was my first time meeting Alex in a very similar situation when I met him. I didn't realize he was so tall, (laughs) towered over me. I was like, Wow, I feel like I've been internet catfished by my boss. I need to stand up straighter on camera, you is should, what you I really heard. Should. <laughs> cool. So, how did that come about? The working relationship. Um, so actually, a mutual relationship. Um, I actually and I took their courses. Um, I bought their course bundle, and it got me into blogging. Over time, just eventually being in the Facebook group, showing my face a lot, eventually just kind of built up that that reputation of being around. And so when they're looking for somebody to hire, there I was. <laughs> yeah. I need to start an online course. I've been doing personal financial coaching for a while, but do you find courses are, are helpful? Oh, I love courses. I mean, the, the value and the knowledge that you learn from courses, the ROI on them is just, it's amazing. The You can use that to apply it with other clients. You can use it in your own business. Just the, the ROI on a good course, unbelievable. Mm. And Alex, you taught the class that he signed up for? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And was, what, which product was it, Noah? Um, I actually bought the Pro Blogger Bundle, so it was all four. Um, it you came went all with, in. Yeah, I went all in. Uh, <laughs> it was, a, But like I said, the investment has been almost like probably a hundred times my original investment at this point. But the Pro Blogger Bundle, yeah, it's every piece of the puzzle. And uh, it was definitely, definitely a good investment. And you're still in school, right? Uh, yes, yes, I'm still in college. Okay, so do you consider the return on investment of the tuition dollars that you're spending? Uh, yes, I, I do. Um, I would actually say, you know, onto the topic of the courses, the courses I've invested in have had a much better ROI than the money I've invested into my college education at this point. It's just so, so direct and focused on specific niches and providing specific value. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, my schooling as well, I feel the exact same way. Like, I went to business college and graduated from the University of Arkansas, and I love the school. But at the same time, the things that I've learned online by paying for courses and stuff like that have way outweighed anything I got from a marketing education from a professor. I've said for a while, I think we're living through the golden era of self-directed learning. Pretty much anything you want to learn nowadays is online. You can get access to a lot of books for free much there's so much that can be learned on youtube yeah yep. right it's, oh for sure it's Definitely. just nuts so, so no why finish school 
Um, well, I'm so close. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I just started getting into this blogging space about uh, seriously about six to eight months ago. Um, and, you know, I was already a semester away from finishing. So, so, you know, at that point, I already racked up the debt. I already did it, you know. So might as well get those last two classes and have that degree as a fallback, you know, which I don't think I'll ever need it. But I am, you know, I'm still proud to have he it. You won't. Yeah, I won't. I'm he still won't. I'm still proud to have it, though, as a first-generation college student. It's still a pride factor, for sure. That's cool. Since I graduated from college in 2003, student loan debt has risen 457 <laughs> percent. Are you contributing to that? Yes. Number? Well, actually, you know, thanks to my education and courses and things like that, I'm uh, paid off my student loans almost completely. Um, I had about about 20 grand or so in student loan debt and not too uh, bad. yeah not too bad compared to what some other people have out there but that's pretty much almost all gone so definitely not lingering over my head anymore and alex you're in austin correct yes sir okay and i know that you've been featured in forbes and entrepreneur mm-hmm. and inc and now the man overseas podcast is this a man overseas will be ahead of forbes now obviously <laughs> we'll be bumping forbes down a bit so there's some things that I know about you from reading your blog. Mm -hmm. In the About Us section, you say that you've gone from broke to, is it $100,000 a month? Is that that accurate? Yeah. Jesus. And then some. (laughs) (laughs) And so you did this in less than three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does that happen? I would say it's about a lot of waking up and uh, just getting after it every day. A lot of it has to do with like luck as well as like hard work, right? I, I don't want to like just preach to other people that you can just work hard at a gas station and expect like your life to change a lot. But uh, it was this combination, this right combination, me and my business partner, we work really synergistically together. Um, on our projects. She was good and is good at all the finances and all the things I was bad at. And uh, that combined relationship and the hunger that we had for change. You know, like when we started, we were super frustrated and disenfranchised with the the world that we were living in, with the American, the pseudo-American dream. And we were, you know, I was drowning myself in coffee because I hated what I did. And I just, uh, we wanted something different. And that frustration led to a certain level where we would do anything, and I mean anything, to get out. And that's led us to quitting our jobs, uh, led us to going all in with blogging before we were making any money, which, you know, for most people isn't the best. We're at a financial conference, probably not the financial (laughs) advice I'd give everybody here. Um, But that hunger was so strong um, that it led to that. And there were obviously other reasons we reached such a high level. Um, but that's really what made us to reaching success. Now, I happen to know where you met your business partner, but can you tell my audience <laughs> where you met your business partner? Well, see, if you really want to meet a great business partner, the key <laughs> is to uh, go download some dating apps and start swiping right or left. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> my, I, uh, I actually met Lauren on Tinder. We were, uh, we were both single, young Dallasites. And uh, this was back when Tinder was still the more popular one. Now it's uh, now it's really fallen off off track with all the other dating apps. It's gonna age me saying Tinder these days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we met on Tinder. Cool. So you started dating her, and then you you shared an affinity for blogging and mm-hmm. making money online, and that's how it started. Yeah. Well, so I went to a conference, got really inspired um, by meeting some other entrepreneurs, very similar to a FinCon, and we. Uh, and I came back and, you know, I'd started working on this blog and this business. And really what happened was I was working on it all the time and Laura and I were dating. 
and she saw me um, trying to create some graphics and she was like that is terrible <laughs> and she and she really just like got me and like moved me from the chair and she just like hey let me let me help you with that <laughs> and she and she created a cu- couple custom images and suddenly we had this business partnership and suddenly suddenly we had this working relationship that's good lady overseas as i refer to my wife online she helps me with a lot of the graphics for my instagram yeah yeah it's just not where i want to spend my time so <laughs> it's good to have people in your life who complement your skill set especially in business for right? sure for sure Noah, do you have a girlfriend uh yes i do awesome and does she compliment your skill is she set? about to be a blogger oh, definitely <laughs> um yeah i've been pushing her into that blogging region i'm like girl you got to get on this blog life it's, it's, <laughs> it's the good life um because you know yeah she's a, she's extremely intelligent and she's yeah she definitely has a better touch for the um the aesthetics of things that i definitely struggle <laughs> mm, and how long have you been dating your girlfriend about three years now where do you see yourself in a year two years do you have goals Give me an idea of where you're headed. I know with uh, I know with create and go at least we're taking it to the number one spot. Like and based on like Google factors and things like that, we we make a good amount of money, but we're still relatively unknown in the blogging world due to some SEO issues and things like that. And Noah and I are putting our putting our best brains on climbing that blog to to the absolute top of those those searches on YouTube on podcasting on those things and we want to help 10,000 students reach you know a full-time income blogging and that's our that's our mission are there limited spaces in courses or is that crap when i see people it's, it's crap <laughs> it a, is absolute crap it's a great marketing sure. gimmick that works it works though it does yeah. work yeah so in my past life i sold software and you're basically selling a string of characters right that's the beauty of creating software you have intellectual property and then mm-hmm. it can be replicated many times over so I imagine that a course kind of works the same way. You create it once and then you're able to sell it. Exactly. With updates for sure. There's there We run into things sometimes where you have to update or go in and fix some, a couple things here and there. But yeah, that 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 is the usually people refer to courses and things like that as like passive income. You know, for sure. After the initial creation process. Yeah. I mean, if you're definitely doing it right, you do want to um, you do want to continually update it. And there are things that like. They're just things that change. So if you're teaching something on Pinterest, you know, which we do teach, Pinterest changes all the time. So having a community support groups, Facebook groups, essentially, where you can continually update, you know, things for your students or new things that they learn is a super crucial, valuable aspect of it. But it's probably about as passive as you can get other than software. I feel like software is probably about the most passive you can get. Um, because like with a course, like we're still on it. So like us not updating the content isn't going to fly. Like I can't like hire out somebody to do like something about creating eBooks. Like I need to be the one doing that. So sure. What is your number one tip for someone who has been blogging for a while, doesn't make a whole lot of money, but they want to up their game. What would you tell those folks? Um, well, for me, I'd say the number one tip that I think a lot of people are scared to do is embrace your story. I think people don't, they think that they're selling 
to they get too caught up in their target audience and and what that target audience needs and all this and that's great but they want to trust you they want to get to know you and i think that people if they include their story more in what they're working on then they'll definitely see a better success rate with their blog getting more customers they'll attract the kind of people that they want to attract that that want to be super fans yeah you know? and that means vulnerability right definitely, definitely so you have a pretty incredible story what is your background um so i actually i come from a a, a pretty tough neighborhood kind of a just you know a, a family living in poverty and things like that and so um just just a you know, a family that struggled quite a bit. And so, you know, I came from that and just decided to build something better and hence busy living better. <laughs> nice. <I like laughs> <You know? laughs> so does that experience growing up in poverty, does that impact your mindset and your drive and your work ethic? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes, uh, The Rock, he, he always says, you know, be the hardest worker in the room. Mm. And in everything I do, every time I sit at my computer, I know that there's someone else out there sitting at their computer and they're doing work and they're working on something. And I know if, if I work harder than them, I'll, I'll, I'll get past them. I'll be number one before too long. And we can so. testify to that. Noah's outworked. We, we have a few people on our team and Noah's quickly risen to the ranks. Yeah. Risen through all of them because of his incredible work ethic. And I think one of the coolest parts about him is his story. Dude, you met, you posted something on Slack the other day and, and Lauren like was like, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm crying too. It was just like his, uh, you know, the house that he grew up in, you know, and, and seeing like what he had come from, you know, to where he is now. And I think the biggest blessing is knowing where he's going as well, you know, and, and I know you can feel it as well. Well, I wanted to have you guys on. I <laughs> love being around young guys that are just full of energy and ambition and, and, I just know when I meet them that they're determined to do big things. It just, it radiates from them, and you're one of those guys. So Definitely. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I still have a lot to learn. I have, a, I have a long way to go. A lot of freelancers, I feel like their mind is at that point where they, um, they're trying to get as many clients as possible. And I definitely lean more towards that one or two clients and give it, give it all I got. I definitely, I want to work for companies that I really support, really believe in, and just give it, give it everything. I love that attitude. Yeah, I was in real estate full time when I first got out of college, and we had this motto around the office that if you treat people as if they're first class passengers on your airline, that is going to lead to so many referrals of friends and family, right? So just take care of the ones you got, because the biggest cost as it pertains to business, your biggest expense usually is obtaining that next customer. Yep. But provide a good service, a high level of service, and then say, hey, by the way, if, if you know anyone else that would be interested in the type of service that I provide, I really would appreciate a referral. And definitely 100%, you know, for everybody that's listening, when it comes to mentorship, people think that as many people that they can learn from as possible is better, but it's not always that way. Having just these three people that I work under or four people that I work under, I learn so much more because it's so much more focused than trying to learn and gather information from 20 different mentors or bosses that are successful, you know? God, is that true? Yeah, I, I give talks at universities and I'll say that it's most important when you come out of school to work to learn, you will earn later. Mm -hmm. And so you must surround yourself right. with the type of people that want to develop you. And what a lot of young people don't realize is that older people want to help. Once you've attained a certain level of success or wealth or whatever it is, Many people want to share that. Yep. And so what you want to do is just become the type of person to attract those type of people. 
and people generally want to help those who need it the least, right? So you apply yourself and then you're likely to get help and mentorship and create the kind of relationships that are going to help to level you up in life. No right? doubt. You want to help those people out who are the hard workers, the ones that are coming through, the ones that are putting their time and their effort and their dedication, their passion into something. Yeah, and that's what we saw in Noah, and those are the people that you want to be around. Absolutely. Yep, and we have a great time. <laughs> we do. We do. We work We work hard, but we play hard, too. Cool. We played really hard last night. <laughs> last night was karaoke here, karaoke right? Karaoke night yeah. at FinCon. What song did you guys sing? Uh, I think he had uh, All my friends, friends, in, friends in, low in low places. places. Yeah, Garth classic, yeah. yeah. Texas boy. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of having a good time, I'll ask you guys some fun, quick questions, and then we'll get out of here. Let's do it. What is your favorite self-development book? Ooh. Books, to me, are like so based on the time that you read them. So like I read The 4-Hour Workweek in 2010 when I was in college, and that changed like my perception on everything. At the, today, I wouldn't probably have the same perception, you know. There was this book, though, called The Millionaire Fast Lane, which is the cheesiest title. Yeah. And, uh, and he's a little bit cheesy in the book. He's like, you know, in his Lamborghini and stuff. But... Um, it was a book actually I gave to Lauren, you know, co-founder, and, and she really wanted to quit her job after she read it because it really just like honestly examines like where your time is being spent and what it's doing for you. And she was a CPA at the time. She was working, you know, for a big finance firm out in Dallas. And she was just like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And like that, that, real, that book gave her that realization. It was definitely one of the biggest ones for me as well. That's interesting. It seems to me that every book with millionaire in the title is a good book. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that, but The Millionaire Next Door, these are Thomas uh, Stanley yeah. books. Yeah. The Millionaire Mind. Yep. Um, They're millionaires for a reason. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, I started with The Richest Man in Babylon. Oh, that's a great book. George Clayson. Yep. And then I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a huge one for... I know a lot of people recommend that book as a good starting place. I don't know where I'd be without those books, yeah. without having Same. read them. Yep. They changed everything. Noah, do you have a favorite personal development um, book? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I apologize if you if you have any users that know uh, Japanese, I might have this pronunciation wrong. Arigato. But I believe it's uh, Ikigai, which is um, uh, basically it's the art of doing something and doing it with supreme focus and joy. And so the book actually is not the typical, like, talking about, you know, money and success and all that, but rather the art of doing things with intention and really enjoying it when you're doing it. And it definitely is something like me, you know, I worked really hard, really, 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 really hard for a long time without no results. And those are the times that you really want to give up and you're like, why, why am I even doing this? You know, and a book like that reminds you that it's not always about the results that you get from it, but rather the intention and the things you're learning from doing it, the journey of going, you know, through those things. And so definitely it's, you can read it in a day. I think it's, you know, a, a coffee table book, you know, definitely a great read though. That's something that seems prevalent in Eastern religions is this idea of living de deliberately and cultivating present state awareness. Much different than Western culture. Yeah. Oh God. It's yeah. like they're trying to purposely escape everything here. <laughs> I remember going to, uh, going to Bali and just um, we were walking around like some of the rice fields back there. But to, in order to get to the grocery store, you kind of had to walk through like this like thin path and through all these like little homes out in Bali. And every morning they would come out and they'd have a, a little spiritual box that they made. 
you know, and it was just like to give thanks for the day. And like they're burning the box would like have incense and flowers that they picked or whatever, and they would like you know burn it. And I asked one of the ladies about it, and I was just like, "You guys are so much different than us." Like, and we have so much to learn at yeah. times, especially when it comes to things like that, where it comes to being present in the moment, being introspective, like, and Western culture are just go, 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 go mentality. Like I, it's, it's cancerous. Yeah. And success, success here is so much more, um, not that people are ungrateful, but I feel like people's measure of success is so different in our culture versus, you know, other cultures, mm-hmm. people you know, as long as they can take care of their family and kids and and have a good life and eat, they're successful. Okay. Here, unless you have the Lamborghini and the mansion and the beach house and the, you know, the condo that overlooks, you know, the city, then you are you really successful? And I and I realize <laughs> and I realize the irony of this coming from the six figure blogger, yeah. but <laughs> an, an intentional six figure blogger. Though. Yeah. I feel like you're he's pretty intentional. Pretty. Yeah. My wife and I went to Bali. What, three years ago oh, nice. and we're headed back there next month no October all November. right no we'll be there in November what city Ubud yes yeah my favorite we loved Ubud we were there for a month three years ago and one of the things that we did which was eye-opening and fulfilling pertaining to what you were just talking about about success and, and what is success but we volunteered at a school whose attendees were special needs. And only as of the last few years were they discovered, quote unquote discovered, because according to their Balinese Hindu religion, they would neglect and hide these kids in closets because their religion believes that if you have special needs, that you were bad in a former life. So there's some serious things around the world, culturally speaking, that need to be overcome. And because the world is opening up, the internet has a lot to do with that. Um, Things like this are coming to light. And hopefully we'll get to see some of those kids when we go back in a few months. But uh, yeah, Bali is so beautiful, man. I love oh, it's it. It's crazy. And Ubud. Ubud, so Ubud, great. Yeah. Make sure you get those uh, those bowls or whatever. Um, they're the the fruit bowls. You know what I'm talking about? God, yeah. I love those. I've yeah. never been to Bali, so I'll have to add that to oh, the list. <laughs> yeah. We'll go one day. Hey, no. DC is enough for me right now. So <laughs> I'm having a good good time at FinCon. So. It's worth a trip. I think it only takes 22 hours to get that's there. That's it. Oh, that's 22 like nine hours? Flights. Yeah, no, I know. No big deal at all. (laughs) Next fun, quick question. If somebody dropped a million dollars in your lap tomorrow, what would you do with it? Oh, I am investing all of it instantly. I love, I am an investing nerd. And it's actually not even so much making money from investments. I just like to see investments perform well because it's it's like a, a return on my knowledge. I know I'm like, cool, what I learned, I'm good at it. (laughs) <laughs> it's it makes me feel good. It's a very good I wouldn't even necessarily care so much about the money as much as investing that much money and seeing what it does feels it would feel very good. It does feel good. I started doing that at a very young age. When I was like thirteen years old, I started buying boxes of, of basketball cards and I would save some of the packs for the next year and not open them. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully the value of what yep. was inside those packs would go up. Because when you're thirteen years old, how much can you really invest, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. But one thing I would warn you against is that of course we're at the end of a ten year bull market right now. Right. And so gotta diversify. Yeah, pretty much anything you would have invested in, in the last ten years would have gone up. Yep. So a lot of us have fooled ourselves into thinking, thinking. we're clever. 
S&P 500. There you go. S&P 500. So you're an index fund guy. Yes. Okay. I am. Um, I there are a couple stocks that I truly fully believe in. I've made a killing on Microsoft and I've made a killing on McDonald's, and I love them both. It's you know people are like oh, McDonald's off. I love McDonald's, <laughs> and their stock itself has made a killing, and so has Microsoft. But other than that, S and P 500 all the way. Dude, we have a lot in common. So I have also invested in Microsoft. I used to work for a software company that provided tools for Microsoft SQL Server. And everyone I got on the phone was either using Oracle Database or Microsoft SQL Server. And so I thought, this is just one of their many products that are like billion dollar products, SQL Server. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a small percentage of each paycheck. And this was like 2007, 2008. And that stock has done as well as uh, it, it probably has surpassed any other stock in terms of returns. It's up like 650 oh, yeah. percent. And I'm not saying that to boast. I have had some oh. serious losers. Oh, I've I, had I some, I've had some heavy losses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I, I jumped on the Tesla train kind of late and, and, and took a nice burn there. Um, but Burning Microsoft, through 500 million a quarter. <laughs> but Microsoft, you know, definitely. Um, I even hopped into Microsoft pretty late, like 2015, um, right out of high well. school, and was $100 every paycheck. Wow. And I always tell you. people, get your feet wet, just get in there and do. And now all I invest in is the S&P 500, but still, you know, I mean, that Microsoft's included in the S&P 500. So, but I, I probably won't sell those stocks for. You know, at least until retirement. <laughs> Perfect. If I love ever. that. Yeah, I think Buffett says don't buy a stock unless you're willing to look at it 10 years from now, like yeah. not between now and then. Yeah. Lady O and I also have some McDonald's stock, so we're 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 on board that train too. I think they pay a 2.5% dividend. Yes, they do. Got to love a good dividend. What about you, Alex? Are you investing in the stock market? Um, no. Well, right now, actually, my investor does it for me. But uh, the, the funny thing is that two things, your stories... Mine was Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards? Pokemon cards. Basketball cards. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, Actually, my mom, I just went and visited my mom like uh, a couple months ago, and she whipped out this old box of all these, hey, all man, the holographic man, keep, Pokemon keep cards that I had. Yeah, I, I looked them up on eBay, and like, there are a few that are worth like 5,000 bucks or whatever. But the, so the stock market thing, I actually, I had Apple at like 50, and then uh, unfortunately, I had to get out like 200 because of uh, some financial troubles I was in at the time, and I needed the cash. And it was like, oh, I get burnt. I feel that one hurts. That yep. one still hurts today. Yep. I should say as a disclaimer, I think everyone who has any type of financial coaching business or podcast says that they are not recommending a stock and we are not recommending stocks. I don't even advocate for <laughs> buying individual stocks, but we're just sharing information disclaimer. of something that we've done. We're not recommending it. Definitely. So guys, we need to wrap up. I really appreciate you being here today. Where can people find you online? You can actually find me at my main website, busylivingbetter.com. You can always find me doing stuff for Dollar Sprout or doing stuff for Create and Go. I have about page on both of those websites if you you know want to get a hold of my email on there. What about you, Alex? Createandgo.com. If you want to learn how to build a blogging business and escape to uh, a different kind of life, we want to show you how. Got all sorts of resources on there. That's how Noah found us. And YouTube channel if you like YouTube videos. So pop on by. Sounds good. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. I realize you could be doing anything in the world, but you chose to join Alex and Noah and I, and I really appreciate you being here. So thank you. If you're following my adventures on Instagram and Twitter, I am at man underscore overseas. Thank you, folks. Shh.